when you're a younger kid, you kind of think once I grow up and get a job and be free, my life will be perfect. Yeah, my 10 year old just trotted out that line. Right. Like last week. Yeah. yeah. So your picture in your 10 year old mind is yeah. I will create a perfect life for myself because yeah. I'll do whatever I, I can want. Eat as much cake as I want. It's ice cream for breakfast. Exactly. Yeah. But then, yeah, I think we all reach a certain point of adulthood where we go, oh, crap, that's not actually what it being an adult means. Mm. Being independent also means I'm responsible for things that are hard. It means taking on more weight. Welcome to the Really Real Podcast, a podcast created for dentists by dentists. Today, we talk about polymerization shrinkage and how microetcher sandblasting and intraoral tin plating are changing the game for gap-free restorations. Hold up. Oh, I got my scripts mixed up again. Ooh, oops. Anyway, here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Welcome to episode 86 of the Really Real Podcast, a show where three friends sit down for a drink and some refreshingly honest conversation about real life. Here's what's on tap for today's show. First up, need a refill, something that we're looking for a little bit more of in our lives. I'm talking about spring weather because mm-hmm. I definitely need a little bit more of that. Mm. Sometimes the cynical side of me comes out and I get tired of people talking about cliche things like spring weather sure. every spring. <laughs> yeah. But then I actually go spend some time in it. And I'm like, no, there's a reason why everybody's obsessing right. mm-hmm. over the spring weather. It's true. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later in the show. <laughs> I'm now self-conscious about every time I've walked in the office like this weather. I'm like, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. No, I'm there too right now. <laughs> and then on Really Real Robot. Kara had an opportunity to reprogram Real FM Bot this week and is reprogramming Real FM Bot to take over for Isaac on Weekend Catch-Up. That's right. Nice. So we've got Real FM Bot riffing on pop culture <laughs> and current events. I've yeah. been outsourced. Specifically right. doing Isaac's show intro and then also covering the story about Elon Musk buying Twitter. Yeah, Ooh. it's going to be great. Which is going to be great. <laughs> I look forward to Real FM Bot's thoughts uh-huh. on Elon Musk. <laughs> and then I Need a Hero. Isaac is talking about all of his friends who are now parents. Oh. But specifically Nate and Hannah because they are very cool people. And Aww. I recently caught up with them about their adoption story and it's been really cool That's um, sweet. yes Aww. look forward to hearing about that finally quote me on that we have a very short quote perhaps the shortest quote that we've covered on the show from susan b anthony it's only three words independence is happiness interesting so we're going to cover that one a little bit later on mm-hmm. the show but first what's everyone drinking today i'll actually kick us off it kind of goes along with my theme of spring weather limeades Ooh. Ooh. But like, I'm talking about like a real limeade, oh. not like the Sonic limeades. <laughs> what is that? I'm confused. Because <laughs> I, I when you said real limeade, I thought you meant Sonic limeade. <laughs> I know when you say like limeades, everyone just thinks of Sonic, Sonic right? Yeah. But Sonic limeades are not as good as like an actual limeade I've discovered now okay. that I've had one. There's nothing. I'm not trying to get like elitist yeah. about my limeades. Sure. Sonic is still fine. Just own it. It's okay. Sonic is fine. <laughs> You're among friends here. But where where do you get a real limeade? You got to make your own. Oh, okay. okay pretty okay, much. Okay, of okay. course. Now, don't give me this. You guys yeah. talk about like <laughs> your like fancy coffees and all this stuff. It's true. That's very true. I don't want to yeah, hear it. That's true. A limeade at Sonic is a Sprite. Yeah. With yeah. a lime in it that yep. they like toss in there and <laughs> maybe either some cherry syrup or some strawberry goop. Right. That they right. put in there, right? Totally. If you don't want all the flavor stuff in it, you don't want cherry or strawberry, you're basically just drinking Sprite. Right. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. sure. like, okay, Sprite is fine, but it's not. <laughs> It's not a fresh limeade. This is true. So I thought about this the other day, actually, when the Dogwood Festival was in town and mm. they have like lemonades and limeades and stuff yeah. that they sell at the Dogwood Festival. Right. And I didn't get one of those because they're like nine bucks for like right. a uh-huh. I was like, every time I get something here, I'm disappointed by it anyway. Right. Right. But I should make my own because it's not like complicated to make an yeah. actual lemonade or limeade either. You just need fresh limes. Right. right. So how do you. What, what, so it's just what sugar and water or like simple syrup. OK. And fresh limes. That's it. Until you get like the mix right. OK. okay. Yeah. Okay. But you can make it a lot more tart oh. than like a Sprite. Because like a Sprite is that soda, syrupy, yeah. sweet yeah. right. kind of. And sometimes it's just a little too much for me on the sweet right. side. Mm, OK. But you can make it a lot more tart with a little less sugar I and gotcha. with more actual lime juice. So have you reached like a Goldilocks zone of how you mix it? <laughs> yeah. Like, you got to Like I don't even have have a recipe oh you kind of just got to like feel it out because i suppose i could get a certain number of limes and like squeeze the limes into a measuring cup and figure out exactly how much you need or whatever but you just kind of do it by taste yeah okay just kind of put as much in there as you like and i'm not usually making like a giant 
jar. Like, sure. right. What do you put it in? A pitcher. Yeah. I was like, yeah. a jar? I don't know. Just make it a mason jar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're so in the south. you just do it like by the cup. Makes you sense. Know? And then you can experiment with putting a little bit of like syrup in there too if you nice. want like cherry or mm-hmm. some other like flavoring in there. Yeah. yeah. That but sounds good. There's something like about this. like the spring warmer weather. I really like drinks that have a little bit of that like kind of sour like citrus very, kind of flavor yeah. to it. Very much your style. Yeah. yeah. And sour. you're not going to get that from just like the Sprite based one because yeah. it's too sweet. All right. This is true. That's my one. thing for I spring. want one now. Can you please make me one? <laughs> sure. Come Thank over. You. Right now. We'll make some limeades. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm drinking Limoncello LaCroix again. Just it's going back. back. It's back. Going, She's back. I'm back. Going, it is that time of year. It is yeah. that time of year. And it's just, I don't know, going back to the basics and when you need kind of an afternoon pick me up, I'm enjoying it again. The can design is very satisfying. Yeah. It's a very pretty. <laughs> yes, that's true. Like pale yellow. Curly yes. cute. Unlike some of yeah. the Croix's, which are like just look like an abomination. They're rough. Yeah. Have you seen the beach plum one? No. Mm-mm. It's like a new one from last year, I think. Uh-uh. And it actually is supposed to kind of look like a beach. So it's is it like purple. Blue and it? white and purple. And yeah. Like, oh. I have seen that. It's it, rough. Yeah. It's, it's rough. It's not great. <laughs> it looks very 90s era oh. like yeah. clip art. Yeah. Wow. Situation. Wow, yeah. yeah. Compared to the limoncello one, it's not. It's, yeah, it's not on the same level that right? can design. Okay, I'll stick to my limoncello. In the spirit of bringing back the warmer weather springtime drinks, the uh, iced trash water latte is back. Iced trash ah. water. <laughs> And for those of you that are not in the know on this one, this is a dirty iced matcha That's with right. oat milk. Mm-hmm. This is the matcha order, which is already a very fussy order. Uh-huh. I want a matcha, iced oat milk, and a pump of sugar-free vanilla. Uh-huh. But then you add the extra double shot of espresso into it, which turns this really kind of pretty, like Star Wars-looking beverage. It's uh-huh. kind of like a green, milky thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You dump the brown coffee into it, brown. and it just makes this trash water, swill trash water-looking <laughs> thing. I've ordered this at Poor John's, which is our local coffee shop. Mm-hmm. One of the people there that's made it with me, they drink it too, so they get it. Yeah. And they know. Yeah. I took this order to Seven Brew. Oh. And the young high school girl that took my order said, you really want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> And I looked at her and I was like, yes. Yes, I do. I am Put that it kind there. of person. Yes. Oh, that's funny. And she so, was like, I don't want to. Did you call it that. the original uh, Star Wars looking drink? Is that yeah. what you said? Right. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. matcha lattes, it looks like green milk. It looks like right. Yoda baby, colored baby milk. Yoda. Yeah. 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 See, I was thinking then when you're talking about trash water, it could still be a Star Wars looking yeah. drink. Yeah. It just looks like. The, the garbage <laughs> yes. scene yes. from A New yeah. Hope, you yeah. know, or they're all like, is. yeah. In that scene, that I'm in the background You're just like scooping, scooping it. it out oh. of there. That's yeah. actually what they're standing in. Yes. And what Ew. that little monster, the little tentacle monster lives in. <laughs> That's oh. me. I'm the tentacle monster. <laughs> I pop up like, get out of my drink. You know, you were eyeball. talking about tattoo ideas earlier off yes. before we started the show. There you go. Maybe you need a cup of that yes. with like a tentacle eye. Oh my God. The little periscope eye. Yeah. That would be super sticking out of yeah your coffee drink. I could see that. (laughs) It's gonna happen. (laughs) You're saying this, and I'm like, I'm I'm working out how this can work. You could put it on your crazy leg. You just spoke it into reality. (laughs) Leg. We'll update what the silly leg is on next episode. Oh, Give you something to look forward to. Great. All right. Let's talk about what's on repeat this week before we do any more damage yeah. to the listenership of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> on repeat for me this week is Dancing Feet by Kygo and DNCE. I'm sorry. I have to apologize. I'm just stuck on the 80s pop rehashes okay. at the Nothing moment. Nothing to apologize I'm pretty for. sure that's been my on repeat for this entire season. Yeah. yeah. It's just 80s-esque been pop songs. Been a lot songs. of good ones. And it really so has. This is another one of those mainstream song from Kygo, DNCE as well. Kind of a mashup here of the dance sensibilities from Kygo and then kind of the 80s pop from DNCE. Mm-hmm. Yes. I actually really like a lot of Kygo's mashups. He's also the one that did the Whitney Houston song a while Mm -hmm. back and stuff. I think it's really fun. He takes these like really classic songs or sounds and then kind of gives them a 2020s dance vibe Mm -hmm. to go with them. So he's got the cut up chorus where he's doing like a vocal chop or something like that. It's a very contemporary mix. Right. Mm -hmm. But then he's very much borrowing from these other genres and stuff. And he actually makes them work like really well, I feel like, too. And that's what I get from this song. You've got like this very like 80s ish guitar riff, very much sounds like it's a 40 year old song. And then you've got kind of the vocal chop 
mixed in there that kind of upgrades it and makes it sound like the 2020s version of what 80s music was. So I don't have a lot to say about the lyrical content of the song because it's (laughs) pretty straightforward. It's about dancing. Yeah. But it sounds like it should be like the song feels like a dance song. Yeah. And it's about dancing. And it's just a good spring jam kind of song. Mm. It's a good one. Buy and repeat this week is Matt Carney, Better Than I Used To Be. Better Than I Used To Be. So this is a throwback for my on repeat this week because Matt Carney, by the time this podcast airs, he will have been in Northwest Arkansas. And yes. I will be there. Yes, <laughs> you will have been. I will Matt have Carney. been. And so I've been listening to his stuff, all of the old stuff on repeat, yeah. just remembering how much I love this guy because I forgot. No, <laughs> this is one of my favorites of his old ones. It's just a good reminder when you're in a season where you're kind of like, uh, things feel a little off. Yeah. It's always good to go back and remember, yeah, but I'm better than I used to be. Right. Look at mm. the progress that I've made since this time in my life and continuing to look back. And I just think it's a good, upbeat, encouraging song, but also a good reminder. Like, yeah, I've grown. I'm not where I want to yeah. be, but I'm better than I used to be. But yes, all of the emoji heart eyes about Matt Carney, because I got <laughs> to talk to him the other day yes. on the phone. And it was so cool. He's such a cool guy. He is a cool guy. Like he's legit. And that made me super happy when I talked to him. I think I told him this. I was like, you're just as cool as I thought you would be. So, <laughs> which is super nerdy. Did, did allow the fangirl to come just out just a, a little, little bit. A little. Yeah. I know it's a little embarrassing, but it was <laughs> great. He's a super cool guy. And it was great to hear him talk about his music and the redemption that he intentionally works in there. Mm. And I just love his style. I was reading this about him and I had never put this into words, but he just does such a good job of blending like this unique blend of folk, hip hop, pop. And it's just a unique sound Mm. um, that I just really love and can't quite get over. My on repeat this week is Walk on Water by Elevation Rhythm. be another return to form for me as well i love this song i've loved this song Mm -hmm. ever since we started playing it i think anson sent it to us as like an early listen a few months ago and i was just like yes this yes please more of this (laughs) i love it for how it sounds this is one of those songs that if i could classify it it's like a hawaiian shirt sunny day song it's just a nice get outside enjoy the weather song Mm -hmm. but also lyrically walk on water the chorus of this is how you walk on water one foot in front of the other Mm. it's obviously kind of a reference between jesus walking on the water i take it as peter walking on the water keeping your Mm. focus where it needs to be on jesus keeping it one foot at a time and it's just such a nice reminder in a crazy time of life where one foot in front of the other this Mm. is how you're doing it stay focused on jesus all right guys let's split up into some groups remember high school and college Those group projects used to be the bane of our existence. But these days, between work, politics, and ever-apparent effects of unchecked greed, wouldn't you give anything to have something else to talk about? That's where G-Proj comes in. Before G-Proj, me and my friends just kept giving the same boring life updates. It It felt like we lost our common ground. Now, we're all working to remember what the powerhouse of the cell is. And Danny even made a Quizlet. G-Proj lets you and your friends go back to a simpler time. Like when you all stayed up until 3 a.m. working on your PowerPoint on the Epic of Gilgamesh. G-Proj assigns you and up to five of your friends to work on a high school group project that will be graded by a real teacher. Finally, something else to talk about with your friends besides politics. When G-Proj came on as a sponsor, I had my doubts. But me, Anson, and Isaac have all been working really hard on this Benjamin Franklin presentation. Once we finally convinced Isaac that he and Hamilton were different people, it's been so much fun. Our G-Proj on that Hamilton guy has been going awesome. $10 founding father without a father got a lot of farther by working a lot harder. Yeah. Download the G-Proj app from the App Store and Google Play today. Need a refill? What we wish life would pour us a little more of. Another! Spring has officially sprung, guys. The <laughs> Dogwood Festival I mentioned was in Salem Springs just recently, and my family and I, we went down to hang out for the day, and it was actually a little bit 
too warm almost. Wow. Got a sunburn, the first sunburn of the year. That's ah. crazy. So definitely the weather getting warmer, the sun shining more often than not, which mm. is very, very welcome. I mentioned this earlier. Sometimes I get annoyed by cliche conversation. <laughs> sure. So weather small talk definitely yes. is one of these things right. where when people don't know what to say and they need to fill space with words yep. to talk about the weather, right? Sure. I get annoyed by all the weather talk occasionally. I'm like, <laughs> we can find something else to talk about. And yet I'm going to sit here and talk about the weather for a segment on right. the podcast. That's awesome. Because sometimes that cynicalness even extends to not just talking about the weather, but specifically this conversation about spring weather. There's all this talk about the metaphor of spring and yes. like spiritual and mental and emotional renewal and rejuvenation mm -hmm. and yeah. yada, yada, yada. And like, <laughs> right. It's like overdone. Right? Shut like, up. Let's get some negativity back yeah. in here. Yes. <laughs> Tornadoes. Yeah, because I'm one of those guys where when we're doing our fall season of the podcast and one of you at least usually does a segment about like the winter weather coming and yeah. how like yeah, it's so sad. depressing it is. And yeah. I'm like, no, embrace like the dark. <laughs> embrace no. dark. Like there's something about me <laughs> that kind of actually enjoys oh, the winter season. You love like, to brood. That's I'm such, I do you love brooding. No, I absolutely do love. Yeah, yeah, I do love brooding. That's such a type four thing. Brooding is a part of who I am. Yes. <laughs> It's true. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It is a the Enneagram type four like calling card. Okay. That like know yeah, that. you very much enjoy sitting in your emotions yes. and like kind of just stewing in them. Yes, and, like, you do. And being special. So when everybody right. else is I love uh, the okay. spring weather, you're right. like, No, let's embrace the that's darkness. Actually, probably more what it is. Yeah. I just want to be unique and different unique. for the sake of being unique that's, and different. Yep. Okay. And so it pains me slightly to say <laughs> that I've been enjoying the spring weather. <laughs> You like rainbows and sunshine, don't you? But the thing is, yeah, you actually get outside for a walk or a bike ride or go swimming for the first time in the early mm -hmm. summer or whatever. And I become reconvinced. Yeah, yes, this is a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. does actually affect our mental health and it does oh, yeah. affect the way that we feel. Mm. There's just something about being able to like throw off the coats and all the stuff yes. you've been wearing over the winter and mm -hmm. just be able to be outside and exist with nature in a way that doesn't feel like you're having to like force it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like during the winter, you're like, yeah, we can go play out in the snow, but we got to like bundle up. Right. We got to cover up and like protect ourselves. You have yeah. to brace yourself every From time you walk out the door. So yeah. that it doesn't like freeze us to death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's and now true. in the spring, you're like, okay, we can coexist again. Yes. Like this is made for me to exist in <laughs> right now. And there's something that's very, very nice and comforting yeah. about that. Yeah. And I don't know if it's been the difficulty of the last mm -hmm. couple of years, like mm -hmm. weather aside, maybe yeah, has like yeah. made me long for that even more yeah. so. than normal. One of my favorite things about winter is I, like I get to spend some alone time and some inside time yeah. and, like, yeah. doing things, like, and there's aspects of that that I really enjoy. Yeah. But with the last couple of years, you know, we've gotten our fill of all that stuff. Right. right. Now the <laughs> pandemic feels like it's finally starting to recede a little bit. The sun yeah. comes out. And we're like, woohoo, we can get outside and we can right. go do stuff again. Yeah. And yeah. um, that's a pretty good feeling. Quick question. Yeah. Before we switch over, how are you finding brood time with the weather being this nice? Oh. What does a brood activity look like? For yeah. You? I still usually find opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Usually it's because I've had like a really busy stretch of social responsibilities yep. and things. Yes. So it's like, all right, I got to do this on this night and this on this night and this right. on this night. And finally, on like Thursday night, I don't have any plans. Right. And I don't have any obligations. Yep. So it's like, now I'm going to go sit in my bed and read a book or yeah. work on a song or whatever. I can kind of almost like brood vicariously through like this character in a book. <laughs> okay. Or yeah. by writing yeah. a song that's about my emotions <laughs> or like, you know, whatever yeah. the case may be. Yeah. Find some kind of opportunity. But it's usually driven by, okay, I've had too much socializing. You're recharging. Yeah. Yep. Now I need to go back into like a little space by myself and Makes spend sense. an evening just with me. Mm -hmm. And sense. then I can come out and face the sunshine again yeah. the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Really Real Robots, where we train AIs to do the stuff we don't want to. Oh, I wish I could, but I don't want to. Really Real Robots, the Really Real Bot and I worked together this week yeah. to give Isaac a little break from weekend catch-up. Because, yes. come on, he does it every week. Mm -hmm. I yeah. figured maybe he yeah. could use a week off. That's mm. a lot of reacting to pop culture. It's true. It's, it's, yeah. It gets so, tiring and overwhelming. So not totally replacing you. Just you just want to give you a break. And sure. So the really robot and I... <laughs> Part of an outplacement. I, I like how Kara's so much nicer about her setup no. than I was. I'm like, 
I have outright taking Kara's job. That's like right. if she gets fired and replaced by a robot. Yeah. And Kara's like, no, we're just giving Isaac a break just for one episode. Kara could like, fire me and I would still show up not knowing that I've been fired. Yeah. It's like, like uh, yeah. Chris on Parks and Rec when yeah. he breaks up with Anne and she has no idea. Right, She's right, like, right, we right. Broke right. Up. No, we didn't. It's a very Kara like soft letdown. Yeah. So I've been fired. Yes. Okay. So anyway, the real FM bot and I. <laughs> fed him a whole bunch of Isaac's Weekend Catch-Up episodes. He got the vibe. And so we started out with an there's intro. There's a lot to like take in. There's so much. For a real FM bot I mean, yeah, there's like Catch-Up. Over a hundred episodes. So he's got a lot, a yeah. lot to pull from. So we started out with the outro. Thought we would see how he did with that. So let's jump in slowly here. Kind of get a feel for this. Okay. Hello. Welcome to Weekend Ketchup and Mustard, the show where we talk about video games, mm. baby rhinos, yes. and something about Elon Musk. <laughs> but true crime is stupid. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just kidding. Re. But not really. Did you see the movie thing that happened yesterday? If not, you should probably move to the tiny island with a tiny house and a tiny outhouse. Yes. It's good for your brain. I've been picking up heavy things a lot lately to help my brain. Brains are cool. You should be nice to them. Also, can you pass the gravy? Not that kind of gravy. Ha, ha. I like that. So, yeah, trying to incorporate the humor there. Not, yeah. not quite as uh, subtle as you brains are. are good. You should take care of them. You should That's be nice a, to them. It's a very tentpole <laughs> belief of mine. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know that picking things up though is good for your brain. Yeah. It's kind of like a physical and mental workout picking, at the same time. Yeah, picking up and putting things. Lifting big hand. rock. Yeah. Yeah. It helps yeah. your brain. So. I, I definitely like the uh, idea of real FM bot as Isaac making jokes and then having to laugh. <laughs> trying at his to own laugh, jokes, at his own but jokes. like not really being able to laugh. As a, yeah. As a Robot, right, right. Well, not fully expressed. The right. challenge and yeah. the nuance of a little bit of sarcasm poking fun at Brie and true crime. That's right. a little bit difficult yeah. for real yeah. FM right. bot. <laughs> Some of those. Uh, Brie's yeah. going to be fighting a robot yeah. here for that character. <laughs> too, so we need to keep her away not from the. Really. <laughs> Bree's going to be walking into our server room with a hatchet here in a minute. Yeah, watch out. Yeah. Watch out. How do you, so. That's actually an interesting question. If you were going to take a break yeah. from Weekend Ketchup and be replaced yeah. by Real FM bot. Brie was still on the show, right? right? That would hosting be... it with Real FM right. Bot. How do you think they would get along? Do you think they would get along <laughs> yeah. better or worse than you guys get along? On they the would show? get along much better. They would have I better. Really, chemistry. I really do think so. Yes, <laughs> I think I think an ideal partner for her would not be me, but it would be a robot that can be like maintained and easily programmed, oh, programmed. and like, yeah. addressed. She would, she would need to program so it. A robot like communicates the... way better than I do as well. So oh, I think that would be a good know. partnership. That's yeah. hilarious. Like she would very much know when it's being sarcastic, or right? Because it's over there going ha ha right ha. right 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 right, right she's right, like right, i get this right, yeah. like, <laughs> i'm i'm tracking a robot wouldn't leave yeah. its shoes all over the house yeah. <laughs> okay all right so maybe next time we come around to real fm bot yeah. we'll just replace isaac at home yeah. Okay. <laughs> right yeah put a, put a little ipad on a little rc car and just have it roll around yeah yeah oh my all right gosh, all right amazing so not a bad outro all there right, from okay. real fm bot so it's a start so then we moved on to a segment although we had a slight hiccup here in the middle we fed him all the information, but somewhere in there, he got a little confused and he decided to try a different voice for Isaac. Interesting. So he, he sounds a little different in the second segment. I, I don't know. He was just tweaking things a little bit. But I yeah. mean, let's got to give him a break. He okay. is still trying to trying. dial in that Isaac sound. Still trying sure. to dial in. So here's <laughs> here's the segment on Elon Musk here. Well. Elongated Musketeer has bought Twitter for 43 billion feathers. <laughs> Many experts are concerned that all of the tweets will be so different now, especially if the Demogorgons have phones. Egalitarian Muskox says that he has enough good ideas to make his bad ideas better. I have 43 billion hot takes on this. Regis Muskogee should also buy Pottery Barn. If especially Mustache would buy 420 Pottery Barns with Snoop Dogg dollars it would make the value of Twitter so high. Aloha Mustard is not as smart as I am, but he may not be as dumb as me either. And that's why Eleven Munchies is a billionaire astronaut, while I am a hilarious cowboy. Happy Fortnite. See you next time. Happy Fortnite. Elongated Muskogee. 
is now his name in my head forever. Forever. Yeah, I like that every single time he said his name, it was a little different. There was a new, yeah, new kind of wrinkle. It had yeah. a definite like Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes, to it. Yeah. yes, it was beautiful. That was good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have forty three billion hot, hot takes. takes on this. This is a, actually a very good line. That is. That's very accurate. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to borrow that. For, yeah. Uh, for my next. Season. I have forty three billion hot, hot takes. takes on this. Here's yeah. one. So let's see. We went from elongated musketeer to egalitarian muskox, <laughs> which I like that one. Egregious muskogee. There it is. Especially mustache. Especially mustache. <laughs> Elohim mustard. And the and 11, 11 munchies. Munchies. Yeah. Elohim yeah. mustard sounds That's like something weird. you'd get at like a health food store. Yeah. yeah. Made from like somehow does. something healthier than mustard yeah. seeds. <laughs> this is a, like actually kind of true. Many experts are concerned that all of the tweets will be so different now. It's <laughs> true. true. Yeah. Man. There was a line in there know. too about he's not as smart as me, but probably not, not as, as dumb, dumb as me. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's moments where Real FMBot gets very mystical yeah it yes. kind of just transcends like, yeah the and you're content, like and you're like whoa wait there's something there it needs a- like a sitar behind it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> What do you think about the hot take that egregious Muskogee should also buy Pottery Barn? Yeah. Do you I, agree or disagree? I would love to see what an egregious Muskogee owned Pottery Barn would be <laughs> capable of, of producing. That'd I don't know beautiful. if that would mean like autonomous I, tables like, yeah. and, and like dressers. <laughs> I like that, I'd like that especially Mustache uh, should buy 420 Pottery Barns yeah. with Snoop Dogg dollars. Yes. Yeah. Because it would make the value of Twitter so high. <laughs> like... <laughs> There's, There's a lot, so of, lot of depth yeah. there that so like real FMBOT is tapping into. Mul- it contains multitudes. Yeah. Yes. I, I think that this has been a successful episode of the podcast. Okay. And it's gotten me out of talking about Elon Musk. There you go. Which I think is better for everyone. Yeah. That's if I don't great. Talk about All right. Musk. There so, you yeah. go. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And you're a hilarious cowboy. That's top, true. Top it all off. Thanks, partner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did finger guns if no one saw. <laughs> I need a hero. Celebrating people who save the day. I am pushing 30, which feels weird to talk about. And with that, there are some milestones that people in my circle are hitting, including parenthood. Mm -hmm. And the neat thing about having friends that are parents is that you get to have a little bit more candid conversations with them about parenting than you would your own parents, because there's this. Yeah. connection there with your parents were like they're never gonna admit yeah, we had no idea what we were doing <laughs> but your buddy will admit that yeah and that's very cool to see we were out at mm-hmm. dinner with my friends nate and hannah they adopted a sibling pair um, after fostering them for a while and they also have a child that they had together wow. um, that's like two now but we were kind of talking about just what it's like to be a father to a 10 year old because this yeah. little boy's 10. Mm. What comes with that adjustment of your expectations? You think it's going to go one way and then it goes the complete opposite way of because Nate's like a very um, on task, goal driven person. Like, OK, yes. we're going to do this, this and this. He had this whole image of how his life was going to be specifically with this young boy. Yeah. And the way things are playing out, once the rubber has really hit the road, he's learning, oh, this is going to look different than I anticipated. Mm. And it was really cool to see that moment of vulnerability and moment of honesty from a parent of like, I don't know how this is working yet. Mm. I am figuring it out as I go. I know that I love them and I know that I'm going to be caring for them and doing everything I can to let them succeed. And that was just so cool to see that. Mm. Not from my parents, to see that from just a complete, I was never raised by Nate. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's cool to see his heart behind that and to see the heart of a dad who's just so excited. You know, yes, I'm a little disappointed that my expectations look like they're going to be changed, Mm -hmm. but I'm so excited to see what happens. That was awesome. Before I knew parents that were my age, I kind of had that on a pedestal of, oh, this is something that like adults who have every single thing taken care of uh-huh. do we have to check off some sort of list of like i've got my life together right. my act together before i can like move into this you have to get this like yeah. cosmic yeah. diploma of yeah. like yeah. you're finally mature enough to do this it was just cool because i've known this guy for a while and it was neat to see him step into this role in such a really good way That's like super cool. admitting where he doesn't have answers but being excited for the challenge I just kept thinking like, dang, if it was like this for everyone, I think the world would be in such a better place mm. if Hannah and Nate were the parents of everyone. Like, <laughs> oh, that would be cool. Um, so, so shout out to the parents that are my age that are doing everything they can to just take care of their kids. It's awesome. Aww. It's really cool to see. I think happy. you summed up parenting like in a nutshell pretty perfectly 
wanting the best for your kids and loving them through anything and also not really knowing what you're doing, how to get there <laughs> yeah. and having all of your expectations shattered. Like that's there a pretty good summary of what parenthood is yeah. actually. So, is. Yeah. and I do think there is something about watching your peers walk through mm-hmm. different phases of life and being able to like learn a little bit. I mean, you're never going to learn completely like what an experience is like mm-hmm. until you've been there yourself. Yeah. One of the things that you can learn is that there is no like magical checkpoint that you Mm -hmm. get to where now all of a sudden you're like qualified or ready to be a parent. Same thing with getting married as well. There is something to your point as well about watching your parents growing up, even if now as an adult, you look back and you go like, okay, my parents weren't perfect. They didn't know everything. I understand that like on an intellectual level, right? Your experience of your parents parenting you is still going to be such a dramatically different perspective than for watching Mm. your peers as a parent, because there was this like authority relationship, obviously that existed with my parents are in charge. There's like a reverence that you can't shake, right? There's just this assumption as a child that like, my parents are in control. They know what's going on in the world. They'll take care of me. Right. Whatever's going on, like they've got it. Right. <laughs> they're they're going to figure it out kind of thing. Like, right. I understand that that perception gets shattered maybe a little bit as you get older and you go like, OK, my parents weren't always doing yeah. the right thing or they did make mistakes or whatever. But you can't really shake your relationship to your parents. And as you think back on that as a kid, mm. people in their mid 30s, they were full fledged adults. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. They were in control of the world. They, you know, <laughs> they weren't freaking out every day, not knowing what to do and then you get there and you yeah. go like oh no that's not actually what the experience of being in your mid-30s right. is like at all, at all. Right. Like getting a just, behind the scenes look right now yeah. you realize okay my parents probably felt this way too of like the constantly feeling like I don't know what to do or like uh, what uh-huh. to do in this situation right yeah. but you don't really understand that fully until you get there yourself right, right. Yes. And you're like now I'm married and 30 years old and I still don't know what's going on in the world yeah. like mm. oh this is like a normal human experience or Now I'm in my mid thirties and I have kids and I have no idea how to parent this 10 year old, but I'm going to do my best. That actually is how our parents felt too. We just didn't see that because as a 10 year old, you don't pick up on all the nuance of that. Right. Sure. So when you witness it as an adult, we see it like, and you go like, yeah, you feel how I would feel, which is totally lost and scared. Yeah. (laughs) And And that's normal. It sort of (laughs) reshaped what we were thinking about with the kid question, because Bree and I have been kind of going back and forth again. We kind of just didn't know. We've got some people like you, and like you've got kids we've looked at you guys as a great example of parenting and mm-hmm. we just have thought okay like what could that look like for us because we have never been really sure mm-hmm. there's this concept in mountain biking called towing people in which is if you've got a drop or a jump that you're kind of afraid to do mm-hmm. if you kind of ride close behind someone as they're doing it and you mm. get towed in behind them mm. it kind of tricks your brain into like okay just focus on what this guy in front of you is doing just do that mm. and you're gonna land because you're watching this person land it right in front of you like if i just do this if i have them tow me in it's less scary so just the concept of adoption and fostering we were looking at that like oh maybe but to kind of be towed into that by a family that was really doing it well i thought was so cool from the creators of gproj comes gwiz because after a few weeks of those group projects with your friends you suddenly remembered why you hated group projects at first it was great we had this new passion we could share something to talk about but then rad totally flaked on us he didn't do the diorama gwiz will help you turn those group projects into group counseling sessions. Okay, Stacy, it's your turn to share. It even has a special training mode and can administer a small shock when it detects passive-aggressive behavior. I feel like some people, <coughs> Brad, really let us down. Ow! Gwiz can help turn those moments of frustration into an experience of connection. Okay, let's hug it out, guys. Come on. Uh... I don't really feel comfortable with that. And in you come. Are we done now? Get the GWiz app today because we're all a hot mess and need help working through that. Quote me on that. The part of the show where Anson, Kara, and Isaac have thoughts on other people's thoughts. Did I interrupt you brooding just now? Susan B. Anthony is a women's rights activist and women's suffrage movement leader. The quote is very short and simple. Three words. Independence is happiness. Mm. I'm interested to see how much we can pull out of three words here. Yeah. Shut up. Independence Susan, no. is happiness. <laughs> Just like Isaac's diving right. Wrong. Wrong. That, no. was, that was also three words. Yeah. 
Shut up, Susan. How terrible would that be if that was my take? <laughs> no. <laughs> Suffragette Susan B. Anthony. Yeah. No. Yeah, so I feel like we've got to kind of start there, right? right. Like, yeah. let's first start with the context of this quote. <laughs> right. Susan B. Anthony is a leader of the women's suffrage movement, uh, yeah. obviously, like, spent most of her life trying to work towards women's rights to vote. Mm-hmm. She didn't see that happen in her lifetime, but it did mm-hmm. happen about 15 years after she died. Yep. She also spent the early part of her life as an abolitionist and mm-hmm. speaking out against slavery as well. Wow. So certainly independence in that context for women's yeah. rights and for the fight against slavery mm-hmm. takes on a little bit of a different meaning potentially than how we could interpret this quote sitting in our air conditioned right. studio. And Quick poll for the room. Are we for women's rights? Yes. <laughs> All hands raised. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We agree. So I do think I don't want to be dismissive right. of this aspect of the quote. Oh, for sure. Um, right. Because certainly it's very relevant to who she was and what yes. she was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think we're probably going to get on the same page pretty quickly here. Yeah. Right, right. Yes. Like women <laughs> should have the right yes. to vote. Yes. No, yeah. slavery is not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. But when you're talking about independence as happiness, there is a bit of a unique spin on what independence means in that quote that I don't necessarily just want to like brush over either because it doesn't just say women should vote or it doesn't just say slavery is bad or people should be free. Right. The quote isn't even that. It says independence is happiness. Right. It's a little bit more specific than just independence is good. Right. It's strong. Very strong language. Yeah, it is strong language. If we've agreed that happiness is the ultimate pursuit, it's the way you should live. Like, it's what you should achieve. Mm. Yeah. Well, and it is a very American perspective. Right. That's what I Um, thought of. Because you look even at the Declaration of Independence, which is kind of America's forming document as it relates to this word, independence and freedom, Mm. that established independence as one of, if not the like primary value yep. in American culture. It's true. And it even has that phrase in it, right? Like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yep. So the pursuit of happiness, one, being something that is important and that matters and that mm-hmm. we ought to pursue happiness. Yeah. And number two, that liberty or freedom is one of the primary ways in which we pursue happiness. Yeah. Right. And happiness maybe even being unattainable if we don't have liberty, mm-hmm. if we don't have freedom. And that kind of seems to be the implication of Susan's three words here. Yeah. yeah. That happiness is not something that you can get to without independence. Hmm. So acknowledging that, yes, we all agree, women's rights, yes. like... <laughs> freedom to vote we all had like a paragraph of notes we looking all, at this yeah, like we, did. we agree with susan's cause <laughs> other, yeah. other people should Leading not own this. other people yes, yes. Right. freedom from oppression yeah these are all things that we can get behind Absolutely. Yeah. And we're not probably going to have a lot of debate right. on that no but where things start to get interesting really i do think is that third word it's right. not just independence is good but independence is happiness right yeah. so let's maybe try to stick for a moment with the historical context of the quote right in the context that susan b anthony's talking about Mm -hmm. do you agree that independence not just is good but independence is happiness that context where you're saying the independence from oppression of some sort i would say yes joy and contentment can be found in really interesting context and i think that there's writings from people who were in really horrific contexts that still had the bravery to find joy and happiness Mm -hmm. but i do think that if you're talking about independence being separated from oppression. Yeah, I think that that would be happiness. I struggle with it a little bit because as we've talked about with many of these quotes, most quotes don't leave a lot of room for nuance. And I feel like the nuance that you even kind of alluded to a little bit there is, yes, it is possible to find some measure of happiness, even while being oppressed. Right. Right. Now, whether she's talking about you can't have any happiness at all, right, or you can't be happy more on a general kind of level. Mm-hmm. If, if we're taking like just an average, like am I on average a happy person <laughs> right. or do I have happiness? Yes, I, w- I would agree that generally speaking, I think it's easier for us to imagine being happy when we have the right to vote mm-hmm. and we're yeah. not enslaved. Those yeah. things are probably going to lead to happier lives right. than the opposite. For sure. Does that mean that you can't be happy at all while experiencing oppression? I'm not sure I would go there, right. but I'm not sure that's necessarily what she intended tended by the quote either. Yeah, I'm kind of very much the same way, like the oppressive side of this and her history very much leads me to go, okay, I totally see where you're coming from. But again, like, I don't know, the equal sign between independence and happiness is what what stops me, Mm, like the like complete this equals this. 
if autonomy could be put into where independence is, maybe control Mm -hmm. over your own life, not being oppressed. Like that's where I keep coming back to that. (laughs) The oppressive. The autonomy uh, over yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Cause see, I, I, I get where you're trying to go with that. Like, and it makes sense to me, but that word autonomy has a lot of, right. Yeah, it does. (laughs) It does. It It covers a lot of ground too, right? That's actually interesting, Kara, because if there's one word in this quote of the three that I was paying the least attention to, it's the one in the middle. Yeah. And that's the one that you just picked out. Mm -hmm. And that's the is. Yeah. Right. Right. Independence is happiness. Mm -hmm. Uh Like that's a key point to this too, because it's not independence leads to happiness or independence contributes to happiness. Like I think independence contributes to happiness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can say, yeah, hundred percent stamp of approval on that. Right. Yeah. But to your point is, is an equal sign. Right. So independence is happiness. It's a little stronger. That's a lot stronger. A lot stronger. I think. Yeah. 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 Right. And I'm not quite sure I'm ready to fully sell out to that one right. yet. Like, and I get how that could come across as saying like, oh, well, independence doesn't matter. No. Like, but that's not what we're saying. Right. We're, we're saying, is it happiness? Does it equate to happiness? Yeah. That's a really strong statement. I think that if you removed the context and if you just had this quote on a wall with no attribution mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. I would disagree with it. Yeah. Yes. Like, okay. So, I, so explain yeah. that. Like, why, yeah. why would you say that? If I were to take this again on face value, I realize that I need personally accountability and community in my life. Mm-hmm. I need something to be beholden to because anytime that I've really just had complete and total free reign, I always end up serving my own goals and that kind of gets me mm-hmm. to an empty destination. Like I'll get what I want, but yeah. it's kind of just like, okay, mm-hmm. I mean like that's, mm-hmm. and if I look around surface level and sort of anecdotally, the people that I see serving only themselves, it generally doesn't end great for them. Mm-hmm. And I think the people who in turn are serving others and are beholden to others, you are in a submissive state. Mm. That doesn't always mean that person has power over you. I think that when you willingly surrender your time, your means, yourself to serve others, that leads to happiness. And I think Mm -hmm. independence means, oh, I don't have to take care of anyone but myself. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times when I think about independence or you use the word autonomy, Mm -hmm. like getting to do what I want, I don't always make very good decisions. Right. I was actually talking with a friend about this just yesterday. We were talking about working from home. And some of the challenges that working from home brings as opposed to like going into the office. Mm-hmm. When I'm working from home, I don't feel as much pressure to start working right at the top of the hour at the beginning of my workday. Right. Yeah. I can kind of like slide into it and sure. maybe be about 15 minutes later. So, Cause like nobody is yeah. holding me accountable right. for that. Right. 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 Or when I take several days off vacation days, mm-hmm. right. A lot of times after taking a week off from work, I kind of don't feel right. Yeah. Uh, something yeah. kind of feels off. That's interesting. Right? And I'm like, man, I, I think I kind of need to go back to work. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I don't want to. Right. Like, I'd rather just sit around in my pajamas and keep playing video games. Right. Yeah. But I'm starting to feel weird, unhappy. Yeah. You're feeling the effects of true independence. <laughs> right. Like, I get to make my own. Like, if, if you removed all of the responsibilities from my life, I don't have to be responsible to anyone for my work. Mm. My wife has gone on a business trip. And right. so I don't have to hang out with her at all. Right. And my kids are off at the grandparents' house and I don't have to take care of them. Like, you remove all of these responsibilities. Mm. I only eat off of paper plates and don't have to do the dishes. Right. I get food from McDonald's every day and don't have to cook for myself. Pure id. Right. Like, yeah. yeah, Like if I'm truly independent from all of these responsibilities and I can just sit around and do whatever the heck I want to do whenever I want to do it. Yeah. I guarantee you I would become unhappy in a matter of days. Right. It's not going to take very long Mm. before I become unhappy, which is just really interesting. It is. That like it's such a short amount of time. (laughs) <laughs> like me having total freedom to do whatever I want totally ruins my life. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. 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 But then yeah. you start to add in these responsibilities again. Oh, I got to mm-hmm. put my kids in bed. I got to feed them and take care of them. I got to go to work, help out my wife around the house and spend time with her. Like all of those things. Yes, they're responsibilities. And at times I don't really want to do them, mm-hmm. but I think they also make me a happier person. Right? Yeah. Which is a really interesting phenomenon. It yeah. is. The word that comes to mind for me when I read this quote was trying to distinguish is like interdependence. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we're designed to be dependent on each other. Yeah. You can still be like independent as in a free person with your own will and your own choices and your own thoughts and yeah. emotions and allowed to have all of those. Autonomous in that in sense that way. is what right. Isaac right. was talking yes. about. Yes. Yeah. But 
in relation with other people right. who also have their own choices and emotions and thoughts. Right. But yeah. you're choosing to serve each other, like Isaac was saying. And that interdependence is what feels like, to me, creates the healthiest atmosphere, the mm. most happiness. Right. But I recognize that not everyone has that luxury to, yeah, to, yeah. to make it to make it sort of tangible for me. The very fact that there's not an office wide mandate to hold the door open for me. <laughs> yeah. When I'm approaching a door. Right. <laughs> like you don't have to do that. Yeah. Scott. Yeah. Did that for me when we walked in mm. this morning. Mm-hmm. It was just nice. Yeah. You didn't have to do that. He had autonomy to not yeah. do that. I'm not a superior to him. It wouldn't matter. Yeah. Just open the door for me. Mm. that act of I don't have to do this, but I'm choosing to do it makes it super special. And it's very nice Mm. that servitude. So I think that that's what we're talking about, or that's what I'm talking about at least Mm. is the autonomy that we have makes the servitude that we give that much more special. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of curious about, we started this conversation talking about the context of Susan B. Anthony and fighting for Mm -hmm. like civil rights in our country. And our country has a lot of history Mm. and emphasis on freedom and independence, starting from America's very beginning, our very existence, independence from Britain. Mm -hmm. But then there was a lot of conflict that happened within our country Mm. along the lines of independence and freedom, independence from slavery, the women's rights movement, the civil rights movement. What do you think all of this emphasis on independence has had on our culture? Mm -hmm. And I don't mean like from a political perspective. Mm -hmm. I mean, from a daily living perspective in terms of like how we interpret this quote and this word. Mm -hmm. Like, is it possible that we overvalue independence because of our history with it? Or does it just shape our understanding of what independence means and what it does for us? How do you think all of that historical context affects the way we feel about this word and this idea Mm -hmm. today? My very first thought when I read this quote was literally, well, that's very American of her. Yeah. (laughs) Because Mm. I think it's just... My freedom, right? I mean, like like, we make memes about it. Right. It's the the air we breathe. It's become so much a part of the culture that we live in. And I think that's not all bad, as we've Mm -hmm. said. But what is tricky is that it feels like sometimes it leads to this hyper-individualized society that we are in and we're seeing the problems with that especially as it plays itself out on social media Mm -hmm. for example we've discovered that basically everybody lives in their own version of reality in their social media feeds Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what's happening because the marketers and everyone's figured out everyone only wants to hear what they want to hear and see and so we're going to feed them that yeah so then everybody's feed just tells them here's the truth according to you it's the mental equivalent of anson's example of in your boxers all day right eating doritos right exactly and so what i want and nothing that i don't and we've seen in many ways how devastating that Mm. has been to our society and culture and mental health and everything. It's a pain aversion. Yeah. I think that that Mm. radical individualism, that search for true freedom has led to anything I don't like or I don't want to do is oppression. You cannot oppress me. Like you can't make me do this. I am an American. I have my freedom. And the second you tell me I can't do something, Maybe even if it's with my best interest in mind, don't tell me I can't. Don't tell me I can't or don't tell me I have to. Yeah. And I want to point out, too, just to piggyback off of that, that I don't think that's like a unique political side. either. I think that's like a universal thing. Right. right. And we see this on both sides of the spectrum. I don't want to be confronted by the other side and what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. I have a right to exist independent of them. I just want to ignore yeah. Yeah. the other side's very existence. Right. I think even calling it pain aversion is too much. I think it's discomfort aversion. Yeah. I think yeah. it's it's a any perceived discomfort can be taken in as like oppression or an encroachment on your autonomy or an encroachment on your right to be comfortable all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's done a lot of harm. Well, and that gives yeah. me honestly like a lot more empathy, I guess, for Susan B. Anthony and her quote. Right. Here. Yeah. yeah like, because I can't imagine when she says independence is happiness that she's talking about no. comfort. No. Like no. she's not talking about comfort. She's talking about the right to vote. She's right, talking about right? basic talking human about, rights. Right, right. Not being enslaved. Right? Yeah. Maybe because of this historical focus on the value of independence, mm-hmm. we have begun to conflate true independence, not being enslaved or not right. being truly oppressed right. with kind of what we perceive as oppression, Ooh. right? which is like Ouch. stuff like on the right saying I'm not allowed to 
do this or say this in the middle of a public school or on the left, I have to listen to some speaker come into my university that I don't want to listen to. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we all have ways of doing this that now we're interpreting as oppression. When if we go back to like Susan B. Anthony, like she's saying, you know, my version of oppression (laughs) looks a little bit different than yours. Yeah. Right. It's a little more intense. Than yours, and that's not to say that we aren't dealing with forms of oppression that sure. matter today. Right. Like, so yeah. I'm not trying to be dismissive of those things, Mm-mm. but I think sometimes we confuse discomfort. What, yeah, with discomfort with oppression. With oppression. And yeah. they're not point. necessarily the same thing. Well, mm-hmm. we've achieved the point where this has been what we've been after. Mm. We've we've wanted true freedom. We've wanted the luxury that we have. I think as a whole. There's obviously different levels of access to it that a lot of people don't have. Yes. But I think that if we're sitting comfortably in the middle class, oppression to us is going to look hilarious compared to something like in 1848 when women were yeah. like allowed to vote. I want to ask this question. It kind of feels like she was saying the more freedom that you have, the happier you will be. To Kara's point right. about them being equal, if you raise one, you raise the other. Yeah. The freedom right? index. Right. So yeah. the, the, the more the more freedom I got, the, more. the happier I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At what point do you think that breaks down? And again, I'm not wanting so much to like get political, but more just thinking like personally. Yeah. Can you think of examples in your life where that was true or not true? It makes me think of just adulthood. Mm. Like when you're in high school or maybe when you're a younger kid, you kind of think of this idea of like, once I grow up and get a job and be free, like my life will be perfect. Yeah, my, my 10 year old just trotted out that line. Right. Like last week. Can't she wait was talking about I, like, yeah. when I'm an adult, I'm going to get five kittens. I'm going to do this there it and is. this and all that. Like, yeah. I'm going to get those tadpoles that I really want to have in my room <laughs> that you won't let me have. <laughs> I believe that she will too. Okay. I know this child. Like that. Yeah. 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 So your picture in your 10 year old mind yeah. is like, I will create a perfect life for myself because yeah. I'll do whatever I want. I can want. eat as much cake as I want. Exactly. I can, whatever. I, and it's, it's ice cream for breakfast. Exactly. But then, yeah, I think we all reach a certain point of adulthood where like we were talking about earlier we go oh crap that's not actually what being an adult means Mm. being independent also means i'm responsible for things that are hard like it means taking on more weight of responsibility and more yeah there's a reason why adults always scoff yeah kids who make that that, yeah because you're like yeah you don't know what you're getting into Right. right there's a cost to, to all freedom. of that freedom. Oh, that's a yeah. good point. Right? We need a bedtime. Like, yeah. <laughs> physically, we need a bedtime. We have to sleep. I know that right. sometimes yeah. you want to be up until 4 a.m. You got to sleep. You like, got to sleep. Right. Rules and structure are there because they have to be. It kind of yeah. comes back to yeah. like the Spider-Man quote, right? With great, great power comes power. great responsibility. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. independence in a way kind of is power, power. Right? right? It's power yeah. over yourself and over Ooh. your own choices. But there is an element of responsibility that comes mm-hmm. with that. As yeah. you gain independence and autonomy over your own choices, uh-huh. you also gain the power to make really bad choices. Right. And you gain the pressure of like, if I make the wrong choice, you know, what's going to happen? Your response. Right. Yeah, you're responsible you're for responsible what your actions for, are. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where maybe a disconnect is happening where we have had the benefit of a lot of freedom And we've maybe forgotten about the responsibility part of it a (laughs) little bit where like maybe I'm willing to stand on my ground and say like, oh, I have the freedom to do this. But then the second like it's consequence time of Mm. what I've done, it's like, oh, well, I want I also want freedom from my consequences. Yeah, I want want freedom (laughs) and I want freedom from the consequences of my I want the freedom to eat ice cream all night and I want freedom from the stomach ache that I'm gonna have after. And I think I think collectively so I'll take some medicine for it or some like we we try to come up with ways to be free from the consequences. I think what's happening collectively is there might be a stomach ache happening from all of the (laughs) ice cream that we've had for breakfast. Because I think that when you have a culture specifically like ours where it's a good thing to not have to bend or compromise. Mm. Okay, my neighbor also thinks that. What happens when (laughs) my fence falls in his yard? It's his right to just burn it up and like it's in his property. Uh Someone has to cave. Someone has to be willing to submit, Mm. to be subservient to and to help out. We don't have a society that lends itself to that very easily. It's all about my comfort and my independence. Mm. All right. So one last thing I want to talk about before we wrap up this conversation and you gave me the opening, you gave me the segue, Isaac, is you said a naughty little word that (laughs) people don't really like. Right. And that word is submit. Yes. So I want to talk about that word for just a moment. Because spiritually, obviously, a lot of what we're called to as Christians involves that word. Yeah. yeah. It involves submission. Mm-hmm. And it feels like to me, culturally, <laughs> that submission <laughs> is the antithesis of everything that we value, of it's, everything that we're talking weakness. about. So I want to ask this question. Are there times where submission is happiness? 
Yes. Mm. And independence is not. And what does that look like? 100%. When -hmm. you're talking about spiritual matters, Christ is the example of submission. Washing the feet of people who Mm -hmm. are beneath you, like Mm -hmm. the son of God washing feet. I think that's the total example of he is choosing to do this. This is his act of servitude to people that he doesn't owe this to, right? Spurgeon, when I was uh, preparing for this, has a quote, in all matters of submission, our conscience guides us to obey. We trust ourselves to Christ, knowing that he submitted himself to God for our sake. Follow Mm -hmm. the example of submission. That to me, if you said like submission is, is happiness, submission is freedom. I think if you've got the idea that we're following Jesus, I think that's it. I think that's what you got to do. I just, I don't think that could be any more radical than it is in our current culture, right? Like, I mean, like that, it just feels like the opposite of everything that we're taught Mm -hmm. and of everything that we think. This idea that submission could be happiness. And maybe there's a reason, like I always go back, okay, if someone has come out of an abusive situation, an abusive relationship, there's a reason that that's a value for us, independence from that kind of situation. From oppression. From oppression. So a lot of times I think when people hear the word submission, they associate it with oppression. He said so many times, nobody takes my life from me. I'm giving it willingly. I'm choosing to do this. Right. Yeah. And I'm doing it out of love. Nobody is making me do this. Mm -hmm. So that's a very different story. And I think when we hear this word submission, it comes with all kind of baggage. Yeah. But it really is a beautiful thing when you when you look at it, like you just said, Isaac, through the lens of Christ literally washing the feet of someone who's about to betray him. Yeah. Right. When when we're reading the Bible and it talks about praying for our enemies, like to them, that wasn't someone on Twitter who called you a bad (laughs) name. Like, no, your enemies back then, like could kill you. I mean, it was like the Russians invading Ukraine. Yeah. Like like, that's that level. You would have a different tribe move through your area next week and they just run things now. Like that's your enemies that Jesus is telling you to pray for. Like that is now more relevant than ever of no, Mm -hmm. you're supposed to pray for those people the most. That blows my mind still. And, And maybe that's what submission to an abuser looks like because Mm. I've got to say, like, while I agree with you, Kara, that yes, Christ isn't asking us to submit to abuse, like, and say like, Mm. yes, please take advantage of me. Right. There also is a certain radicalness to like what he called for. I mean, like all of his followers were expecting him to free them from oppression from the Romans. Right. That's true. That was what they were on board with. You're here to free us from oppression. That's true. Right. And he basically said, nope. Mm -hmm. Right. Submit to them instead. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. This person is invading my country and you're saying that the correct thing for me to do is to love them and pray for them. Yeah. Right. Or this person has taken advantage of me and maybe yeah, I'm not supposed to like stay here and continue getting taken advantage of. Right. But I am supposed to continue to love them yeah, and pray for somehow. them. And that's yeah. a really hard ask. If they're and not hungry, something that we should just like gloss over and say, no, like, oh, yeah, true. just pray for your abusers like and love them. Yeah. Like that's a really for anyone who's come out of a situation. Yeah, like that. Yeah. That's a really big ask, but it is something that Christ asks. True, if they're right? hungry, feed them. Goes mm. further. Take care of them. And there was a video that embodied this. It was, I think, a month ago where I saw like a Russian soldier had gotten a little bit too far off course and these women were giving him like bread oh. and feeding him. Gosh. And he was like just breaking down. And I think that was such a cool embodiment of this is the result when this happens. It's disarming because yeah. if someone is there with the intent of oppression and like, oh, I'm going to, you know, like, got to do this. We're going to do this. And someone meets him with bread. It's like, you've messed up the dance we're supposed to do where you fight me. You've Mm. kind of disarmed me. I don't know how to take this. And I think that that's the ideal situation that we're called to do is feed them, clothe them, take care of people, even if it means sacrificing our comfort. All right, guys, good conversation. So we're going to wrap up the podcast by filling a blank in instead of drawing a blank. Here's our fill in the blank for this episode. One way that my belief system was challenged by this conversation <laughs> oh, geez. is blank. Ugh. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> Gross. Can you tossing, Gross. Up a, tossing up a softball for this Get one. out of here. <laughs> one way that my belief system was challenged. Pass. Right. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. I guess to rethink my right to not be in discomfort. Yeah. Like yeah. that's not yeah. necessarily what freedom means right do you actually have that right yeah that's what i'm saying yeah 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 that's a good way to put it do i really have the right to say i will never be in discomfort ever Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and is that actually a good thing right should you want that or should you even want that like that Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily even good for you Mm -hmm. i think i'm going to be asking myself this a lot more often now 
if we've agreed that the freedom that we do have, am I using that freedom responsibly? Mm. Like how mm. responsible am I being? I think in the past I've been a little bit glib about it and I've kind of taken it for granted. Mm. How responsibly am I using mine? I think for me, it comes back to the word submission mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how pushing that mm. concept is from Jesus. Yeah. There's this tendency to think of Jesus as this super meek character. I, I don't know that like doesn't that doesn't push us like, right. but that's not what his meekness was. Jesus also made some demands of us <laughs> like that are really strong. Mm mm-hmm. And submitting is one of them. As I think about the conversation that we just had, it occurs to me that like submission takes a lot of strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How am I supposed to do that? Like it feels like us an impossible, impossible. ask. Yeah. Um, and yet it's there in scripture, like loving your enemies and these things. Like it's easy to make those elementary kind of Crayola yeah. kind of concepts, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. love your enemies, like draw can, some red be, hearts on a piece of paper and like <laughs> make Valentines and stuff. Yeah. Right. But like that's not what that ends up looking like. No. When you start talking about examples of Ukrainians loving Russians or mm-hmm. someone loving someone who's taken advantage of them in a really insidious, terrible way, yeah. it starts to feel like an impossible task. Right. And yeah. yet it's still what we're called to. I don't know what that looks like or how we do that, yeah. but it is something I feel like has challenged me as a result of this conversation. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I need to spend a little more time mm-hmm. thinking about this. And like the church has probably wrestled for this ever since Jesus Gave us the the orders, right? yeah, like, yeah. the marching orders, <laughs> but it's something that we need to continue to confront and wrestle with yeah. as opposed yeah. to conveniently like pushing aside. Right. Mm. And I think there have been times probably where I've been guilty of, of kind of pushing it aside mm-hmm. as opposed to confronting it. Anyway, it's time to go to driver's ed class. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the really real podcast. If you love the show, let us know by leaving us a review. If you don't, Please share your complaints directly with your dentist at your next appointment. Listen to Real FM Radio and more Real FM podcasts on the Real FM app or at real.fm. Tune in next time to hear Anson, Kara, and Isaac say, I want another cronut. I probably don't need to eat that on microphone. I have never had a Have you ever had a cronut, Anson? Mm-mm, I don't even know what that is. It's a croissant donut, I guess. Yeah. All right. The donut part of the donut is a croissant. Mm. This is life changing. <laughs> isn't it isn't it nuts? What? Yeah.